Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi. <clears throat> you know, since I have a little time today, I'm going to take advantage and see if I can do the Tefillah podcast now. And then I'll be finished for the week. As I said, I have a bar mitzvah in the family coming up. And so it's just as well. So let me say a few words uh, <clears throat> on the subject of Tefillah today. Sponsored as every week by Mishpach Stefanski. And let me get right into it. <clears throat> I'll tell you what I was thinking of. And that's in Shemona Esri where you say, But I want to speak about it very specific part. It occurred to me some time ago. When we these are the parts of the Shmon Esri, obviously in what you're thinking in national terms, not in personal terms. You know, when you say Slachlano, it's kinda of, you think kinda of, can't help thinking kinda of personally. Or if I know, depending on who you are, usually thinking personally. You know, Barakalino. But when you get to national issues, Hashiva Shotani Gorishana, Vlamoshinan and all that so it's a, a group thing. It's a national thing. Nothing wrong with that. Perfectly fine. Just to show you that a lot of this monastery is set up to think in terms of the claw, not just of the prat. <clears throat> um, but then, <clears throat> part of it, you see, after you say al-tzadikim, as we all know, then you say, So you pray every day that uh, God should return to Yerushalayim in the sense of the Shechina. Okay? See, the Shechina has departed, whatever that means. When I say whatever that means, in other words, we don't know exactly what the Shechina is. You know, different opinions among the Jewish philosophers, the Rishonim, the Rambam versus the Rambam, for example, Sishkan Basocho, you know what I mean. But we say in Shemun Esri, so the Shemun Esri is built around the idea that the Shechina is not there. And you hope, you know, so, the, whoever composed the Shemonesri is going with the idea that the Shechina ain't there. And we probably will come back. So, when you say, you mean that's another way of saying, fine, let it be. Um, so, how's it go? And then you say, do you not only want. What I mean to say is like this it doesn't say bring the Jews back to Jerusalem. Which is interesting. But the Shechina. Okay, fine. And then make a Binyan Olam out of it. So presumably, the rebuilt Jerusalem will be Binyan Olam in the sense of eternal. So whereas in the past, there was a Jerusalem that was destroyed, as by Shrishan, and destroyed again in Baishani, and so forth. But hopefully this time, Binyan Olam. Okay? It'll be eternal, won't be destroyed. If you want to be politically liberal, which, you know, it's one way of looking at it. Binyan Olam would mean it'll be a building for the whole world. You know, like Shlomo Melch says, Jerusalem have world significance, because in time of Mashiach, you know, all the nations, Nochon Yeh Harlokim, and all the guy will come to Yerushalayim, etc., etc. Fine. That's okay with me also. It's not what I think of, but that works. 
But then you have something very interesting. So what does that mean? The, 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 the throne of David. That set up, be making the Kisei David. That I thought of some time ago. They're very strange. Uh, because are you asking for Mashiach? One would say, you know, it's a roundabout way of asking for the restoration of the Messianic kingdom. The Jews had to watch their language at the time it was composed because it might look political and like rebellion against Rome or something like that. So instead of saying, bring the Mashiach now, you know, like Lababa, we want Mashiach now, you artfully composed it. You know, throne of David should be prepared. It's very uh, much a circumlocution, circuitous. But how even yavin. Problem is, that's the next bracha. That's Riyas Mashiach. And Enochanami, there the language is artfully reconstructed. It doesn't say bring the Mashiach on this, it just says sprout the sprout of David. That's very poetically fancy schmancy for not saying what you really have on mind. But I'm even Yovin, and Jews have done that forever. And whether they understand every word of a Semach David, they don't say this is for David Melch and Mashiach. So if that's the case, what's Vachisi David in the previous paragraph? Now, it is possible, uh, having looked up the scholarship on this, to say that maybe the original Baruchah didn't have a Semach David, and all you had is Yerushalayim Yerchah, and it covered everything. You know, there are such opinions. And as Semach is a later one, and keeping the, the all all, you know, once you already had the they kept it anyway. I, I, I seem to remember some professor or somebody saying that long ago. Uh, maybe it was Reef, I don't know. And, uh, you know, it's it's plausible. Well, let's go with the plain shot. That's not the way it is. But rather, Shmanasri is a unitary business. It's, uh, you know, what you see is what they put together in the beginning, roughly. So then it comes, that made me, stimulated me to think along the following lines. So I'm not going to be long today, but I hope it'll have um, token. Suppose I were to tell you, authoritatively, Mashiach is coming tomorrow. Not only would you be shocked, but you'd be profoundly confused. Because, as I've said a number of times, we ain't ready for it. <laughs> right? Just look at the forget the non-firm world. Just look at the firm world. Without being funny, is the Mashiach going to be Ashkenaz or Sephard? Is it be Hasidish or Misnagdish Litvish? Is it going to be this way or that way? Is it going to be a Kippasruga? Is it going to be a, a, a Satm or, or, or a Babish? And even though it sounds like I'm making a joke, but talk, I think for a second. Suppose the guy came in tomorrow, the Mashiach, is from YU. You know, or something like that, KBY. And he's wearing a kippah for God. <coughs> People say, yes, I'm not Makabal. But you would see in front of your eyes, the Goyim stand up for him. They give him whatever he wants. Like the Rambam says, you know, we built the base of Mish. Whatever. There's a litmus test of some kind or other. You have a short circuit. The Satmar and the others say, it's not possible. As Kenneth Zion. It's just not possible. You see? And each group. Now, again, it sounds like I'm making a joke. 
and to some degree I am, but really not. We don't have any even a tenth within the firm world of coming together and reaching consensus on just about anything. And certainly not who the Mashiach would be. So it's impossible to just say, to skip the prayer of Lushlai Mircha and just do a Semach Because it wouldn't explain in the slightest way how this whole thing would happen. Now you might tell me it's a miracle. Okay, if it's a miracle, you know, then it's going to involve you know, like World War Three or whatever. No, this is going to be bad news. If everybody gets killed and things are destroyed, <coughs> then the Mashiach can come. It won't matter who he's from. <coughs> but that's not what you want. You want, we all pray, we hope, <coughs> it won't be a World War Three of some kind, but rather, peacefully, for the benefit of all mankind, a messianic figure will emerge. He'll be the real thing, not a funny. And we'll leave the, the world uh, to peace and harmony. Starting with Claudius role. But we're not ready for that. <clears throat> Consider. Until 100 years ago, 120 years ago to be exact, 125 years ago, there never was even an attempt on part of the Jews, scattered as they were, to come together and form some kind of a, a, a national parliament council or whatever to discuss and reach a consensus. All these centuries you had to reshun them in that room, and nobody was on that. You'll tell me it wasn't possible. It's not really true, my friends. If you want to get down to it, if they want to have the International Convention of Rabbis, even in the 1500s, it could have happened. You would have gotten a lot. It'd be a nice novel for somebody to write. How it would have happened. But I know enough about the history and geography. Take my word for it. It was possible. But it was out of the ballpark. Nobody's thinking like that. Now they daven. Someone history like you and I do. And they say, And they say, The Ramal, for example. Or even if you wish, you know, um, the Rambam's time, perhaps it wasn't possible. But there were other times, it certainly was possible. Uh, the Ramal, afterwards, you know, it's possible. But it's off the charts. Nobody saw it like that. <clears throat> wasn't part of the thinking. To be perfectly honest, the guys who first put this on the idea out there were the Zionists. You can't deny it. When Theodore Herzl started making a Zionist Congress, in 1897, whether it was a phony or not, in other words, it didn't really represent everybody, but the tzura he made, you understand? I don't know if he had the chomer, but he had the tzura, <laughs> in this case. And they had a Congress, and they had people who came from all different communities, and it was impressive looking. And, you know, of course, the front made fun of it, but after a while, it had an attraction. I think you and I know that just the Metzius of the Tsura, even without the Khmer, impressed the British government sufficiently that they offered him Uganda. I understand the problems with it, I'm just saying, but hello, Dover And this led ooh, 15 years or so after the Zionists started to the Agudis Israel. What is the Agudis Israel? 
It's like a Haredi version of imitating the Zionist Congress. Dehainu. You have Rabbanim representatives, from representatives from all over the place. They should meet and discuss and hopefully reach a consensus. I'm not saying that that happened, because it didn't. On some things they agreed, but a lot of things not. But it had the Surah to some degree. Tell the truth. When you saw that thing last year, or a couple years ago, on the YouTube, with the Chafetz Chaim in it, and those pictures from the 1923 Goethe Convention in Vienna, it's impressive. Even the politicians, but say what you want. You have the Rebbes, you have the Rosh Hashibas, you have the Yekas, you have the Dutch, you have this and the other. It's impressive, you see? At least, at least it was like a Tzura. Um, but we know that there are many groups that the good is not from for them, or whatever. They're, you know, they're, they're not part of that either. So, when all said and done, what makes you think that from the from world we can't get a consensus on vaccinations, that we would get a consensus on who the Mashiach is? And yet at the same time, you're praying, you're, you're, formally you're praying three times a day, every day, for Mashiach. So, to my understanding, when you say, please prepare the throne of David, what it means is, please introduce a spirit of unity among the different from groups, the different Jewish groups, so that the throne is ready. You hear what I'm saying? The throne is ready. We don't have anything like this today in the world. There's no discussions among the from world. You know, how can we prepare for Mashiach coming? You start talking like that, people say, what are you, Lababacher? You know, we're Mashiach now. And they, they make fun of you. But it's not crazy what I'm saying. Let's put it this way. If you're a religious and you take seriously the idea that you want the Mashiach to come tomorrow or the next day, what are you doing about it? As far as I see, zilch. Basically, we say, like, so leave it up to God. I think whoever made the Shemonesri up thought about what I just said. And what you're praying for is to be making the Kisi of David. Isn't it interesting? To be making the Kisi of David. To prepare a chair. I don't mean a chair, literally. But the institution. Only once you do that, then you can always talk about the Semach David David Then you can talk about the, the coming of the Mashiach and get ready for that and all that. But if you haven't done anything by way of preparations, creating the infrastructure is, is, is a term that we would use today. If there's no Messianic infrastructure, how do you figure, other than at the, at, at the most basic, briefest lip service, they talk about Mashiach? Basically, what you do is take the lazy way out and you say, listen, God knows how to do it. I don't have to do nothing. I'm sitting here in Baltimore and I'll just get an email. Come, it's been done. Everything's taken care of. Hit the road, Jack, and there's a free plane ticket waiting for you in Israel. Or maybe it'll be beam me up, Scotty. You won't even have to go, you know, on a plane ticket. You won't have to worry about the corona. And it'll happen, you know, just like that. Now, the trouble is you never know. <laughs> Anything's possible, you never know. But it don't seem like that, correct? Agreed? It doesn't seem like that. Instead, it seems that it's going to have to see some kind of process. I don't know exactly what the process is, 
The prophets write about it, but they're very obscure, as we all know. So something happens is going to go on. Something is going to go on. But more than that, I don't know. And so, what you really are talking about, and what I'm going to say now sounds funny, is, I think means, I understand it to mean, and you know I always say it's all I can ever share, bring about in some way that there should be a convention or a meeting or a coming together of the Aguda, the Mizrahi, the Lababish, the Satmer, the this, that, and the other, and saying, you know, how are we ready in any way for a Mashiach to come? Uh, if that happened, that would be most unusual. If that happened, in my opinion, that would be a sign we're on the cusp of the Messianic era because you don't see a, any indication whatsoever. For me to even say it, it sounds weird. Uh, that's the problem. So the preparation of the throne of the Mashiach means, I would submit, the, the coming together and forming actual plans or at least a, a unity in which everybody says like this. If he's from your group, we'll follow him. And he's from my group, you'll follow him. At this moment, that could never happen. You couldn't get anybody. You couldn't get Satmar to say, we'll follow him if it's this. You couldn't get this group to say, we'll follow him if it's that. It's not, uh, do you disagree with me? So, my attention when I say Shemun Esri these days, for some time, I was always drawn to this passage. Because the preparation of the chair of the throne is in some degrees maybe the number one national task of the Jewish people. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what strikes me. And I think every time... You can agree or disagree with what I say, obviously. But today, when you dive in next, ask yourself this question and tell me, if you choose to, what you think about when you get to that passage? You can send me an email or something like that. And I think the answer would be actually quite quite interesting. Anyway, that was the short idea that I was thinking of uh, of sharing today. Uh, it's something we say all the time in Davani. But as was the case, a lot of these poetic passages, you don't try to give it a hard definition. And I think in this case, it'd be a very fascinating process. With that, I wish you a good day. I'm now finished all my podcasts for this week. I want to thank Mishpachas Savansky as always. And uh, have a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.